listening to episode 10 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. Every Sunday, only on Sundays, I'll release a new podcast episode discussing topics like mental health, entrepreneurship, creativity, feminism, and of course, self-care. From interviews with women who inspire me to sharing my own personal struggles, this is an inquiry of what it means to take care of yourself as a woman in the digital age. Today's episode features the young, inspiring, and total girl boss, Andrea Klobuchar. And today is also a very special episode because we're recording live at the Enco showroom in Toronto. And I'm so, so excited to be here with all of these amazing women who have taken their Sunday morning to spend brunch with us. I also want to give a shout out to our brunch partners, XOBizu and Tease Tea. And I also want to share a little bit about Unco as our partner on this event and this episode. Unco is a Canadian-based fashion startup that curates minimalist, sustainable capsule wardrobes for women. And the idea is essentially to change the way that we consume clothing. So I did this last year, and I've been working with Unco for like a year now. Um, I was one of their beta testers, and the process is super easy. You basically take a style quiz, and they work their magic and create like a capsule wardrobe for you that somehow matches your personality perfectly. You're not only committing to a smaller environmental impact when you are shopping with Enco, you're also supporting local designers. They work with independent designers in North America, which is really cool. And you can check them out at uncoofficial.com, U-N-C-O-official.com. So today's podcast guest is an amazing young woman who I'm so excited to actually be meeting in person. Andrea is the founding editor-in-chief of MIMP Magazine, which is a platform and annual print volume with an aim to celebrate the infinitely beautiful imperfections of the women around us and within. They empower women to challenge media standards by promoting intersectionality, sisterhood, and self-love. And she's currently obtaining a BA in Media Studies and Communications from the University of Guelph Humber. On top of it all, she's only 19 years old. What the heck? So there's that. (laughs) So thank you, Andrea, for being here. So let's start with more of your story. Did you grow up in Toronto? Are you from here? Um, So I was born in Toronto, but um, I live and grew up in Bonn, um, in Woodbridge, sort of like in a really Italian neighborhood um, with like my Italian side of my family. Um, I grew up with two brothers and a mom and a dad and my mom had always encouraged me to be really creative because she was, or she is currently still, a graphic designer and she always created spaces for us to be creative and um, make things and she always encouraged us to do that and so she always like had also given us equipment to uh, express our talents and to also learn things, learn new things, I guess. So we had this computer, this first like really old square Mac, like, <laughs> and she instead of playing like computer games, she'd encourage us to like uh, learn design um, programs and uh, really explore that way. So it was really cool to have like a mom who uh, was more of like a, an art teacher, I guess, in a mm-hmm. sense, um, and. Like, I just always felt that I was a person who, like, from when I was little up until now, like, 
that always found ways to express myself creatively and whether that be through like gymnastics when I was really little, um, through creating a YouTube channel when I was a little older, uh, dancing, I would make books, <laughs> like little novels and I thought it, like about pioneers for some reason because I was like obsessed with, <laughs> I know it sounds so weird, like I was obsessed with the Little House on the Prairie show, like TV series for some reason, I don't know why, I just loved like dresses and I loved like old timey things, I, that was weird. Um, I don't know why I said that, like, um, but that's, like, a part of me. Um, uh, yeah, I just, like, I just, like, a, a big, huge thing about me is that, like, no matter what I do, I, it always has to be creative. I always have to be expressing myself, and um, I think that that's really important uh, for everyone, too. Like, even if you're not, like, an artistic person, like, if there's some way for you to express yourself, um, express your passions, I guess, and, like, that's just like really important. Um, I don't know what else to say about myself. Uh, it's okay. I'm gonna ask you lots of questions. Okay. I don't know if that really like covered anything, but that's kind of Very cute. <laughs> that's sort of my life, I guess. I don't know. Okay. So you're 19 years old. I'm just gonna talk about your okay. age, like the whole podcast, <laughs> <fine>. because. <laughs> um, but I think it's interesting because I mean, you're kind of just coming out of your teenage years, which for a lot of people I think is a really difficult time of self-discovery, mm. of self-acceptance. Um, I'm not that much older than you, but old enough that when I was going through high school, social media was like not really a thing yet. Like everybody was kind of just creating a Facebook account and that was cool, which like now I guess it's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love Facebook. Okay, I thought Find you were, like, making events. fun of me. <laughs> oh, no, no, um, no. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, social media wasn't, like, a daily part of growing up and, like, going through those motions of becoming an adult when I was kind of going through yeah. high school. So I think kind of my first question is just being really curious around um, having social media ingrained in that process of self-discovery and self-acceptance and, and what that's been like? Yeah, um, so I didn't really grow up like as a kid with social media. Um, sort of Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff started coming around like when I started get, uh, getting into high school um, and I never really had like an iPhone. I had like this really crappy like flip phone and like Blackberry and then um, I finally got like an iPod and that was how I was able to like uh, take pictures like before I had a camera. So with social media and like discovering yourself, I guess, um, I'd always been a person who was very okay with being alone and really, I really liked being alone. I didn't have a lot of friends like growing up and the friends I did have, just like the relationships with the women that I did have were very negative. Um, I felt like I was kind of like bullied a lot in a way or just like, just not accepted into groups. And I was at first not okay with that, but I eventually was just like, you know what, this is fine. Like I really like enjoy, like I enjoy being with myself and I became like really self-aware of just kind of existing. And I'd like go downtown by myself and just walk around the city or go into like a park and just read by myself. Like it just was really, really nice. And um, I got to learn a lot about myself through that. Um, and I just was never able to show that part of myself to anyone else. Um, so I always knew like who I was and I kind of really got to develop that on my own, but there was never any opportunity for me to share that with other people. And then social media was like this way for me to do that um, and connect with people who really felt the same way that I did. Uh, so 
I was like a really big nerd when I was growing up. I loved like reading and books and things like that. And so making sort of a little online community for myself with my YouTube YouTube channel uh, gave me that ability to connect with people like across the world who also loved the same books that I did and didn't think I was weird for having like this entire shelf of merch dedicated to the Hunger Games. Like that was like <laughs> quick was, quick you know, side note: How yeah. many subscribers do you have on YouTube? Um, like twenty two thousand. It's like. It's, it's not a lot. Like, it's, it really isn't. Like, I know. Like, yeah. For and young people, young people are like, oh, it's not a lot. And then I'm like, mm, I have, like, five. <laughs> I have, like, a fan account that was weird at one time. Um, but, like, I don't really use that outlet as much as I'd like to anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just think there are definitely a lot of positives for, like, people like me who just want to connect with other people and really make, like, just genuine connections. But I know that I also struggled and still struggle every day with, like, looking at just, like, these people on Instagram who just seem to have their life together, like, and I just get so jealous or envious of their life, and I just completely disregard, like, how awesome my life is and how, like, grateful I actually am for the experiences that I I have, and just in one photo, it's crazy how, like, this one photo can make you think that way and just completely Mm. throw away all the things that you've worked for, like, in your head for, like, I guess for, like, an hour you're thinking this way, but, um, yeah, so it's it's definitely weird to see, like, my younger brother and, like, a lot of younger girls that I, because uh, I, I teach gymnastics, too, so I just, like, I have see, like, a lot of little little kids on their phones, and it's, like, kind of weird that they have Instagram and they're exposed to this and all this stuff. When, when I was that age, like, I literally didn't know anything about, like, sex or, like, like I don't know, there's, like, topics that, like, your parents don't touch upon, you know, um, and then the internet was a way for me to explore that, so it's kind of strange to see, like, these little kids, like, getting into that really early and just being, like, really inundated with, like, all this media from, like, a really, really young age, so they're already getting these ideas of what it is they have to be and, like, who they have to be, and it's kind of, like, they're already being introduced to this world that's, like, super fast-paced and instant and, like, you have to do things, you have mm. to respond right away, like, you have no time for yourself. That's really, like, taxing and, like, I can't imagine little kids doing that and feeling that way, especially with, like, the, like cyberbullying as well. I don't even know if that's still a thing, but it's just, like, I try to create communities online that are really safe. But, yeah, I don't know. That's what, I guess that's what I have to say about, about that topic. <laughs> I have more to say, but I don't want to ramble forever. <laughs> I think what you just touched on is really so relatable. You're, like, scrolling through Instagram, and you just have that pain of envy being, mm. like, why isn't my life this good? <laughs> Me? I think that's... Uh, Funny, too, also for, like, entrepreneurs. Um, not funny. Interesting. <laughs> it's not funny. It's, like, not laughable. It's just, I, I know personally, like, I know, like, what I'm doing is, like, so cool, and I'll be really proud of this project that I'm working on, and then I'll have this friend who's also an entrepreneur who I'll see comes up with something at the same time that I come up with something, and I'm like, oh, my God, my project sucks compared to yours. Like, I don't even want to release my project now. Like, I can't even... Even though two seconds ago, I was like, I love this project. I believe Mm. in it so much. And then just to have that, like I said before, that two-second change of heart and you're just kind of like really not not even envious I think because I still want to support all my friends and the women I'm so proud of them for what they accomplish it's just this weird feeling of like well crap now I'm not good enough like this Mm. person is gonna take the spotlight or like I don't I I don't it's not like a I don't want to feel like a bad person but that's just like those are my thoughts and at the end of the day like I love them and I want to support them it's just it's hard to get over that little little hurdle you know it is, like, almost a competitive culture on yes, Instagram. But, like, you don't want to be competitive. You don't want to be competitive, but it just kind of is. It just feels that way. Yeah. yeah. 
But then even today, like meeting, well, seeing Cam, seeing you, like meeting so many people that I've followed online, like I genuinely, like when I reached out to you, I was like, I don't know if she's going to say yes because she's so cool. Like oh I, God, literally, what? I literally <laughs> she was, was like, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be on a podcast. I told all my friends. <laughs> that's the thing is like everybody in their head is like oh like that person you know they're doing this cool thing or like oh they're doing this cool thing but everybody is thinking that about each other Mm -hmm. like I think that you're so cool you think I'm so cool we all think you're so cool like everybody thinks each other is so cool but we're all like a little bit insecure about ourselves which I think is interesting yeah embrace Mm -hmm. that insecurity I guess (laughs) so I mean, most people at 19 don't have a clue what they want to do with their lives. So, I know. So I mean, I, yeah, I had no idea. So I'm 24 right now. Mm-hmm. So five, uh, five years ago, I would never imagine that I was going to be doing a podcast or like traveling and working and doing what I am doing right now, which is like freelance because nobody tells you to aspire to freelance because that's not really a thing that they teach in school. (laughs) But you seem to have at least like a very concrete passion for all things creative and you've created MIMP, which I want to talk about. Where do you get your inspiration from and kind of how did the magazine come about? I've just always been inspired by like the magazine industry in a way like not the content that they produce but just like the whole idea of like creating something just this this book a book or something that people can share um that just has like a theme and I don't know I just like loved putting art together into something like I love making art but then I'm like well where do we go from here like how do we show it to people how do we Mm. like display it I just like collecting it and putting it all together and um that's the kind of person that I am I know in the future I would love to be doing something where I'm like organizing things and just like curating them um is my favorite part of the the whole thing um but when I was younger I I grew up like watching like things like the Devil Wears Prada and like all those rom-coms too where the the woman is like some fancy editor at a magazine and it just seems so cool and I was was, like oh my god I want to work for a magazine it's so awesome and so like in 11th grade my friends and I were like we should like do something we should make like a magazine or like a website where we can like post our own stuff and then we don't have to like send our stuff into like other publications to get um, stuff for our portfolio. We can make our own portfolio because we can have this like actual thing we made. So we thought, we'll just like, make a Tumblr or something. We had no idea what the heck we wanted to do. Yeah. And no one talked about it for like a really long time after that. And I was like really sad because like, I still wanted to do this. Like they just, I guess they didn't care that much about the project. So I was like, okay, whatever. And then my friend came up to me one day and was like, Andrea, like remember like last month we were talking about that website or something? We should totally still do that. And I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, please, yes. I, I was like almost yelling in the classroom um, and we just like met at Starbucks and started coming up with like names and ideas and like a, like what it would be about and we didn't really have any like concrete idea we just knew that we wanted to see ourselves like reflected in this media that we were creating because um, we talked about it a lot and we realized like in all these magazines we're looking at and all these uh, websites we're looking at there was never really this connection to like a woman's story. It was mostly about like her appearance and we really loved interviewing people and talking to them because we had like a journalism class in high school as well. And so we realized like, we just really wanted to showcase women for who they really were. And so at first we just showcased our friends, right? Cause that was, those are the women we, that we knew and we really uh, respected. But yeah, I guess that inspiration also in that idea of, of wanting to, of even knowing that that was a possibility to have a publication 
that was about women and about how like multifaceted they were rather than just their appearance. It came from like Rookie magazine. Do you mm-hmm. know what that is? Like yes. it's like uh, like a book series and a and a website by uh, Tavi Gevinson and just like how she created this magazine when she was like. 15 or like 14 I was like oh my god like I can do that too like she's so cool she's going to fashion week at like 12 and I was like oh my god I remember reading about her and I was like wait what like that was literally my reaction I was like she's what how old I'm like 12 13 (laughs) right and she was just getting so much praise for it and just like it was just so inspiring to see like to go on a website and like be able to relate with the content and be like oh my god like I actually care about this article and I want to read it and I want to learn more I love the pictures the pictures um initially she like worked a lot with Petra Collins and like in her first upcoming stages if you guys know who Petra Collins mm-hmm. is and like those images <laughs> those images are just like really beautiful in like such a different way because they weren't like, the images you saw at that time were, like, really... Like, everything has to be sharp. Everything has to be in focus. Everything has to be, like, posed in, like, a certain way. Like, very Gossip Girl. Like, it was, like, not... <laughs> like, the fashion wasn't unfiltered or, like, imperfect. Everything needed to be perfect. But, like, her photography showcased, like, girls, like, as they truly were. And, like, just, like, in their everyday motions. And I thought that was really beautiful. And I kind of wanted to sort of photograph women like that as well. So, yeah, just, like, inspiration just comes from, like, these really cool people um, Mm -hmm. who are doing really cool things and just being inspired by them and just this idea that we wanted to see ourselves in in what we were, like, reading, I guess. What what does the name mean? Where did that come from? Um, So, initially, we didn't know what the heck we were doing. So, we just, like, searched up this cool words that are, like, unique. And it's not a real word. Um, (laughs) There was, like, many different definitions for it. um, But one that we found that we really settled on um, was, like, the shape your mouth makes before a kiss so it's like a pucker um so just like like that like it's like a duck face um that's apparently what it means and apparently a, a couple people use that word I, I I don't think I've heard anyone say that before but it just really resonated with us for some reason like we we wanted something that had like we wanted to make a logo with like an m and an a because like I was Andrea and her name was Melissa and it was like we wanted something with an m but that was like our little kid minds working we didn't know anything <laughs> about branding that was all the way back then um but I think now it really does have like weight and meaning to it because like I had this idea last year that we're kind of like so we're really feminine magazine and really all about embracing like femininity and um, it's okay to be a feminist and still like like pretty things and also just kind of this whole idea of like taking down the patriarchy with a kiss because mm. we're kind of working from that. the from the inside. Um, so like not being like really loud and like activism-y about our feminism, like not making feminism this like other thing. Feminism should, shouldn't be a, a movement. We should be living mm. the whole idea and concept of feminism. Like we should all be equal. It shouldn't be like this thing like, oh, they're feminists, you know, like, or that's what feminists do. It's like, no, like that's what all women should be doing. So I think, just this idea of like I don't I don't know like this very girly like cutesy like short sweet like just everything's just kind of sealed with a little bow or a kiss or something like that was really cute and with our rebranding I was t- telling someone about this before we added like a little period at the end of the M uh, at the end of the word and at the end of the M in our small logo um, and that was to signify just like the whole like that you're whole as a woman and you're complete and a lot of the times we feel like we're kind of always reaching for something more or we see ourselves as different pieces mm-hmm. um and we we criticize ourselves when we look in the mirror and we see like different parts of ourselves like oh my god like my boobs are like uneven or like look at this cellulite or like look at this these stretch marks or like stuff like that but just to sort of see yourself rather as like this like whole complete being and not different 
parts of your body is really beautiful. It's like, just not your body, but even as yourself. Like, I'm like this aspect of myself or this aspect. So just like not throwing daggers at yourself in the mirror, like throwing kisses at yourself, right? So it's just like, everything kind of just sort of fell into place this year with my understanding of the brand in itself, which is I really cool. That. But yeah, that's, that's <laughs> that means. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're amazing. Oh. Um, how did you, how did you learn to do all this? Like you just taught yourself basically. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, cause my mom was a graphic designer. We had like, we still do like we have the top of the line computers cause like sh- she needs them for work as well. So we had Photoshop, InDesign, Illustrator. We had all of the Adobe suite and I would just go on there and like go on YouTube and be like, how do I do this? Like, how do I, right. And I would just learn and find my own ways of doing things. And when I started getting into photography, I wanted to edit my photos and do a bunch of stuff. So just like trying things out, you know what I mean? And also there's a lot of like faking it till you make it, you know, like I feel like that's like a thing that a lot of people do, but I would go to events and like Toronto fashion week and like all these things. And I would just pretend I'm like the shit. And I'm like, I'm like this fashion editor, like (laughs) at this magazine, like nobody knew who I was. Right. But I was just like, like, (laughs) I just, I think it just, that was a way for me to be able to step out of my comfort zone because even though I was like as I mentioned before like okay with being alone it was hard for me to speak to people and uh, have conversations with people because I have like high anxiety so that was like a way for me to just like put on a uh, instead of talking to people I was more like putting on like a role and like acting because like that was something that I felt really comfortable with Mm -hmm. so I would go out and just like be like well I'm now I'm like the editor like of the magazine you know what I mean like this is my I'm not like this puny little girl right and I find that still happens sometimes like I'll be like at an event with my just like I don't know what happened there um at an event with my friend and I'll just be talking to her really quietly and she hasn't seen this side of me this like magazine editor person that I have and then somebody will turn to me and be like oh is this yours like uh can you tell me more about it and I'll be like uh-huh, so yes, and then I'll, I'll just have this like whole like spiel and like be very confident and, and vibrant and then she'll be like standing there after the person left like, who are you? Like, where did this girl come from? Like, I don't know this Andrea. Um, so yeah, because a lot of the times I go to events by myself and so no one really sees this side of me. But I think that, yeah, just like, just doing it. Because mm-hmm. like a lot of people are like, oh my God, how did you do this? And then my whole ideology is just like, just do it. Like I should be spokesperson for Nike because like that is my model. Like my life motto is literally just do it because no one's going to teach you. Like no one's going to open the door for you. Like you have to literally, especially as a woman, you know what I mean? Like you have to make this, make the opportunities for yourself. And so, yeah, like even like faking it, like if you don't know anything about photography, but you have like a camera and you're like, you want to shoot an event, like, or or, (laughs) this happened earlier. Oh my God. I was like trying to explain to her. I was like, oh yeah, she was doing some video. I was like, yeah, so like, uh, this is, you know, how you turn it on and put it on video. And then Kim's like, yeah, she like does documentaries. Like she knows what a camera is. I was like, good. I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Oh my God. (sighs) Okay. So side hustles are hard and probably I think a lot of people in this room have a side hustle I think everybody that I know well enough to know what they do in this room has a side hustle what's something that you wish you knew before you started (laughs) yeah this question it's like obviously I started like when I was really like young I'm still really young um I guess now with like rebranding and just like focusing more on making this an actual thing like not it's not just a little project anymore it's actually something that I would want to continue or turn into something else 
it's time to get serious. Like you have to, you have to, before you start anything, like if I were to redo this from right from the beginning and just create a whole new brand, um, I would like first initially start with like all of the branding and like, what do I want to do? Like really plan it out fully. Like you have to know your brand like inside and out because people are going to ask you, your team is going to also represent you, your brand. And if they're representing it, not in the way that you really intend, that's kind of problematic too. Cause then you feel like, well, they don't really know about my, like, I don't even know enough about my brand to tell them so they can tell other people. Make sure that money is, like, covered. Like, figure that out first. Like, don't jump into anything before you, like, figured out where this money is going to come from or, like, a, a really great business plan or just, like, finding people, to, like, to invest in you or support you. It's just, like, I sh- that's, like, my biggest struggle is money right now. It's really hard to, to make money, especially, like, as an artist. As a creative. As a creative. Yeah. So it's just, like, I work, a, like, I have, like, a part-time, nearly full-time job with school trying to, like, afford to do this project, right? Because it doesn't really generate a lot of revenue because it is, like, for, it's a non-profit. Everything just sort of goes back into creating this magazine because it's really expensive to print things. It's really expensive to go <coughs> on photo shoots and rent studios and do all this stuff. At the end of the day, it's really important to me to provide these opportunities to, like, the people on my team and for us to have this professional experience. So I don't, I don't mind it. But if I were to do it again, it would be, like, really focus on where we're going to get this financial support from so that it can be the best it can be because, you know, like, this world operates on money, so with money, so you have to kind of plan everything out. (laughs) Have a plan. Have an understanding. Don't jump into things. Don't, again, plan. Plan, 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 plan. I'm just going (laughs) to shut up now. Okay. (laughs) Um, How big is your team? Like, how many people work on the magazine? Um, So we have, like, a... It used to be like a lot of people just from all around the world. It, we had like a team at one point of like 50 people who would just like create content for the magazine. Yeah. It just really got out of hand because I wasn't able to like, again, I didn't really understand everybody. the brand. I wasn't able to manage people. Yeah. I couldn't. We had this really great Google Drive system and we had like assignment tracking sheets and like people, and then you would like, I would like approve them and then I would edit and then we had other editors. It was just like too much work and it, we kind of lost focus of what the project was and like what I wanted to do with it. Like I really love taking time with creating a project and like actually learning about myself through a project and making good content like you have to you don't have to create a whole bunch of content like it's it's quality for me over quantity like with a lot of things and I just started realizing that last year or so because I noticed like my other friends who had creative projects really enjoyed creating the project and I noticed I wasn't enjoying making this magazine which was really not what I wanted Mm -hmm. at all like I really wanted to enjoy the process so that's why in like December or November we kind of made a small team of like 10 people only based in Toronto so that we could actually meet frequently in Toronto because it was hard to like meet with people and do video calls with people all over the world it was like really really weird um and then we kind of separated that team of 10 people with like contributors so we had like a whole Facebook group of like people who would contribute regularly to our website and then this year I decided to just stop the website now I'm having like occasional blog posts and just like really focusing on what we're putting out because there was just so much going out that I couldn't even handle it and I couldn't even manage it and I was just like I don't even know what's even going up on the site today like I'm just Mm. putting it because we have to put out content Mm. like have to have to put out content no we don't like nobody gives a crap like (laughs) sorry like it's fine like you're not gonna your brand's not gonna die like I really wanted to focus on the print issue that we have because that's a big thing and I just always feel like that's always rushed we never have enough time. I really wanted to make a whole experience and just have an actual conversation about the topic that we're discussing this year and like our theme. So I think that I'm really happy that I made like a really small. What small is your team. theme this year? Um, our theme is reclaim. 
So we always have really broad themes, just so because I think it's really important to realize that everything is really open to interpretation and everyone has their own experiences that they can relate to. Um, but this theme sort of revolves around the idea of conducting co- a conversation about calling back to what belongs to us as young women um, after experiences that have left us feeling broken or empty. Last year with the Me Too movement, a lot of women were brave and came forward with their experiences um, and their traumas, and that was really important, but it's kind of like, well, like, what do we do now? Like, now that we've, we've said this, we've, we've, now everybody knows, well, like, what do we, how do we move on from this without, like, leaving ourselves behind in that year and um, parts of ourselves and aspects of ourselves that we really, that are important to us? So, yeah, this year, I, we're inviting everyone to take back something that belongs to them and really reclaim their identity or reclaim, uh, we have a couple of different sections, so, like, we're inviting people to like reclaim their space, reclaim their voice, reclaim their body, reclaim their dreams, reclaim mm. their mind, and reclaim your, their power. So those are like our main things. We kind of wanted to be like the Calvin Klein campaign, I <laughs> blank in my Calvins. Like it's like I re- I will reclaim this, and that's gonna that's like a little preview of like our poster campaign, I guess. Um, yeah. So we're starting off. We're kind of sort of sectioning the year off into these different categories, mm. and we want to really push forward that this isn't a completed project. We're not presenting a completed project. This is. Uh, this whole year is just a process and a conversation that I want to have with a lot of women so that I can learn. Is your team all women? Yeah, our team is all women. Um, I've never had a man apply, <laughs> so like, I, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know if I would completely like say no. Um, depending on like what what their reasoning is behind applying, right? Um, but it's all it's all women. Yeah. What's it like working with a team of all women? Um, I mm. think. The traditional media, not the cool new hip media, <laughs> can make women's spaces or like women's relationships seem kind of competition-based sometimes, mm-hmm. or like there's a lot of envy. And even we kind of talked about it, like there is sometimes an underlying feeling of not being good enough when comparing yeah. yourself to your friends or your sisters. Um, so what is that experience of like running an mm-hmm. all-women team been like for you? Yeah, uh, because throughout my childhood and, and my high school experience, I had these like very competitive ideas, like these ideas of re- women's relationships being very competitive, especially in the workplace. We were always just like in the dance program I was in, we were always competing for who would get the top spot or like, I just wanted to create an environment that was completely opposite from that because I did know, I did have a couple of friends who were very welcoming and like accepting of me and I just liked that feeling. I had this like really great feeling um, that I wanted to bring with me onto my team. So when we were creating this like editorial team with like 10 people, we brought on a lot of new people that like I had never worked with before, but I wanted to make sure that I vibed with them I put air quotes Mm -hmm. (laughs) vibe with them or like really connected with their energy because that's really important for me I just know instantly if I not like a person but like can really play off their energy and feel really comfortable with a person like they can walk into the coffee shop we're having a meeting at and I'll be like yep I know that this person's gonna gonna be this in this position like right away I knew my friend Monica she is now the creative director I met her, she, she applied as a video editor or something. I had put out an uh, ad on Instagram. I was like, oh, we need like a video editor to do videos. And she applied and I met her at Starbucks and she just showed me her ideas and just like the way she was speaking was just like so awesome. Like I'd never met someone that my thoughts like aligned so well with. And I was like, wow, you actually want the same things that I do? Like this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I just 
when I make a team, I make sure that these women are, they have those same values as me, like they want the same things. They're not trying to compete. They're, they give a really, really good reason behind like why they want to be a part of this because again, it is volunteer based. So you have to be passionate about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I want people to be committed to it and also really understand that this is, it develops into a friendship because we spend time together. We meet every month. We have like an activity that we do after meetings together. And so it's like a little, it's a little friend group rather than a, a team working on a magazine. We're just friends creating a really cool project, I guess. So I guess having that, that thing of, that, that idea of friendship surrounding it, it's, mm-hmm. it gets difficult because when people have to do stuff, you don't want to step on their toes. That's, that's another thing. You don't want to be like, well, get this done. It's you hard know? being the boss. It's hard being the boss. <laughs> it's hard. Um, at the beginning, there was definitely some competition. Like there always is because as women, we always feel like, oh my God, like I want my stuff to be good best, and like yeah. the best and or like you see like I see my friends making cool things like I said before and like then I feel inadequate just like in our personal like it didn't even have to do with the magazine but we do stuff on our own and then I'd I even I talked to her about this and I was like hey like I just feel like your stuff is just so cool or like you don't even like my stuff I don't know what I was bringing up but I think it's just about having those like open conversations with women like even if you're feeling this way it's it's a really cool way to develop like a friendship and like a just like an understanding of like where you are and then just kind of affirming to each other. Actually, like, like how you're saying like, oh, well, where you think someone else is doing something cool, they think you're doing something mm-hmm. cool. And like being able to tell each other that and being able to like just throw appreciation at each other as well. I mean, like I really appreciate you for being my friend and just like having those talks is like really important. It's one more thing before I keep rambling. One more thing. Um, in our little Facebook group that we have, in our Instagram chats, we often will like put boy problems into the group or we'll ask for advice on things. And everyone's just so supportive. It just feels like we have this like little community and all these like sisters. And I guess that's what we decided. That's kind of the feel we wanted the magazine to have is as if we're like at a slumber party and we're telling like our deepest secrets like that's the the tone of like the magazine in itself so I think that's really cool for our team to reflect that as well. I want to talk about feminism because I think what you said earlier about feminism being kind of a part of your lifestyle and not necessarily seeing it as this separate thing that feminists are this it's Mm -hmm. like well we can all be feminists I'm curious like Like, from my personal experience, I didn't really start calling myself a feminist until this year. And Mm -hmm. it was just, like, a label that I never really identified with. Maybe because I was ignorant, I didn't, I hadn't known enough about feminism to feel comfortable to actually call myself a feminist. And then you kind of go through a process of, like, learning what feminism actually is and the history of feminism and, like... it For me, it was, like, this awakening moment. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is this is feminism. Okay. It's not, you know, feminism. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm curious, like how and where did you learn about feminism? Like how did you become so passionate about that? It's weird because I didn't even consider myself a feminist when I made the magazine. Like that wasn't my intention. Like I just had this ideal in my head that like women should be supporting each other. And like, it wasn't, I didn't really know what feminism was. Like I had this friend, Vanessa, who was like, she labeled herself as a feminist. I thought that was weird. Like, I was like, what is that? Like, because it wasn't like, it wasn't really prevalent in the media. You know, I was just like, I don't know what that is. Like, that's weird. Like, she's really like forward with like what she says. And like, she really like, like, I I thought that because I always, I'm always like trying to be a people pleaser. I would always like want to cater to what guys wanted. And, you know, I didn't want to be too loud. I didn't want to like share my opinions. And now I'm a lot different. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know what it was until like maybe a year or two into it when it, I really started to understand 
the importance of intersectionality in feminism. I came into feminism when it just felt really not, it didn't feel like a community is what I'm saying. It didn't feel like this sisterhood idea that I have dreaming in my head. Like it was like really, this is the way things are and this is the way we have to do it. And like, it just felt like I could do something, I could do so many things wrong. I didn't want mm -hmm. that, to, I didn't want to feel like I had to be perfect when this was a movement that was supposed to be saying that we're not supposed to be perfect. Like it was just really confusing to me because there were so many different messages coming at me at once. So I really wanted to just label myself as a feminist and be someone who is just really imperfect. So like Roxane Gay is yes, amazing. Like, so she, she wrote Bad Feminist, which really opened my mind to understanding like it's okay not to be like this perfect feminist. You can like this really shitty rap song that is kind of a little degrading sometimes because like it's catchy. Don't feel really bad about it. Like when you feel like you're doing something that isn't what a feminist should do. Like mm -hmm. you, know what I mean? you can shave your legs. Like it's fine. Like you don't. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like it's not. Um, I don't know. Like it, it just. It felt really. Again, like really, people were just like discluding just because they weren't doing it right. Mm -hmm. I feel I like know. that's kind of a common theme through general activism. Like I felt yeah. this way in the mental health community mm -hmm. too. And that was kind of one of the reasons why I felt like I wanted to step away from this like mental health advocate yeah. label it's because there's like certain ways to talk and certain ways to do this and certain ways to do this. And you can say this, but you can't say this and you yeah. can do this, but you can't do this. And it becomes like all encompassing to the point where you never feel like a good enough activist. And I read a bad feminist recently too, like within the past year. And as I was reading it, like her words talking about how exactly what you just said, like it's okay to like certain things or, you know, do certain things that are maybe personal to you and might <coughs> contradict with like this general overarching idea of feminism but your, your personal doesn't always have to be your political mm -hmm. and it's okay to find that distinction because yeah. you're a human being. Like we're all imperfect and that really resonated with me as well. Do you have any feminist icons? I would say Roxane Gay for me is definitely one. Um, honestly, it's like the people around me who are feminists, like that I see doing really great stuff or, or people who are, inspire me and people who I look to for like guidance and support. And I don't know if this is related, but in the past the year or two, I never really had like a lot of friends that were women of color. So I didn't really understand their experiences as much as I like do now and the hardships that they have to go through just in their like everyday life and like understanding like privilege and what that means and also knowing that it's not the responsibility of somebody who has a mental health issue or somebody that is a woman of color or like to explain or someone who's been through trauma to explain to you what they're going through or explain to you these problems and, uh, and systemic problems, like you can do that research. Like it, mm. don't put the burden on them just because they're, they're that minority or like they're like related to that. Um, so just like I've learned a lot through like my friends and through this magazine and making it like as diverse and inclusive as possible that makes it open to the stories and experiences of other women. Because again, like you said, like everyone is different, like, and everyone has their own experiences, like, and everyone is imperfect. Um, what has been your favorite project to work on for MIMP and who would be like your dream person to work with? Um, my favorite project, um, I'm just going to say like this project that I'm currently working on now is definitely my favorite because it's the first one in a really long time that I'm actually thoroughly enjoying creating and I'm creating it with really awesome people. So yeah, check it out because it's really cool. And I'm really, really proud of what we've accomplished and what we're going to be doing this year. And it's not, it's not perfect, but it's, it's really great and I'm really proud of my team. But in terms of like someone I 
would love to work with, I don't, I don't think of like that. Like, I just, I think of like, in the moment, in the now, like, I'm so blessed to be able to work with this dream team of women who are so beautiful and like, so supportive of me, like, in everything that I do. And like, they're so okay with me being this imperfect person making so many mistakes. Yeah, that's like the dream people that I I work with. the people that I dream of working with, which is really cool. Oh God, my heart. <laughs> like, oh. I never thought I'd be able to, to work with people like this. It's really, it's really amazing. Self-care and self-love are mm-hmm. both recurring themes in the magazine. You guys have written and done different pieces about this. What has helped you get to a place of self-love and how do you practice self-care? Yeah, I was talking to you about this before, um, but I think just like feminism, like self-care shouldn't be seen as this other thing that we do just like to treat ourselves. Like, okay, once I'm done all this stuff in my week and I finally, like, I've like done this, 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 and this, and like, okay, I'm okay now. I can maybe like take a bath or like, you know, like- <laughs> Face mask. Face mask or like be calm, you know, or just like relax. Um, it should be a lifestyle. The first thing that you need to do in your life, like your number one job in your life is to take care of yourself. Like before your your uh, side project, before your full-time job, before school, like. In order to go to those things, in order to be able to do those things to the fullest of your ability, you need to be okay. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you don't have to be amazing, perfect, or like great. Like you can, you just need to be okay. And the more you work on yourself, and the more you like fill yourself with like just really positive things, and negative things are okay too. Like don't don't throw those away. Um, they're learning experiences. But just like pra- like not practicing it again as like this once a week thing or like this one time thing as a treat. Like don't think of it as a treat. Think of it as like I'm always worthy of this. Mm. this care you know what I mean and of taking care of myself which is like it's it's real it's been a journey for me to come to that realization Mm -hmm. because I hated myself for a really really long time and just through like relationships too like it helped me learn a lot about why I hate myself and like why I don't think I'm worthy of my own love just I don't know being able to be like alone with yourself and like having those moments and having those times in the week where like you can you can just do nothing or you can, it's nice to like set aside a time to have self-care because then we forget, right? But slowly, I guess like incorporate, like I guess the the way to like approach self-care and the way to start it is kind of not like all at once and like, oh, I have to be like this amazing like goddess who does yoga every morning and like, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) you are a goddess already. Like you, um, you can just find a goal, like find something that you know you want in your life. Literally can be the simplest thing. Like, I want to go to class on Monday morning feeling refreshed and ready to learn. That is the simplest thing, but it's like, none of us can do that. Like, I just feel like, you know what I mean? And so that's something that's important to me. So I know that, okay, what are the steps I need to take to do that, right? I need to go to bed on a reasonable hour like before two in the morning. I need to go like way before then, right? Do my, do my readings like before, you know? And like be prepared and get to school on time, go to class early, and then I will feel like satisfied and like happy. Little things, what, what can you do in your life to just mm-hmm. make it like an, not so crazy? Because we live in this world where we're just like, everything has to be go, go, go. And we're like, why can't we just be like the French or the Italian and just kind of like relax <laughs> and, like you know, French. right? It's going to be the quote for this episode. Why, <laughs> why can't, can't we, we just be like, be like the French? <laughs> yeah, so that's my, that's what I think about self-care. And there's so many things like, I'd love to talk about that for hours. So at the end of every episode, I like to finish with the fun quick fire round. Um, so you can answer with like one word, one sentence, whatever. Okay. <laughs> What's your zodiac sign? I am a Scorpio. Very moody person. <laughs> ah, actually, I feel things very deeply. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I love being, love being yeah. a Scorpio. 
But wait, the problem with Scorpio is that I tracked a lot of Aries guys. <laughs> Every guy I date is an Aries. It's actually freaking insane. I don't understand. And it's always going, it always goes bad. Like, it's in the stars. <laughs> it, always goes, like, it always goes wrong. And I'm just like, like I dated this guy the other day, not the other day, the other week. The other day. I don't date on the daily. Um, <laughs> the other day. I'm sorry, I don't speak properly. Um, but like, I was like, are you an Aries? He's like, no. I was like, Yes! He's like, what? I was like, never mind. I just hope this goes well. Like, sorry. So I love it. Totally unrelated. <laughs> um, who is your favorite content creator? Uh, definitely Petra Collins, for I sure. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. always creating amazing things. What was the last book you read? Um, I'll say the book I'm reading now because I can't remember the last book I read, but I'm currently reading A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. Okay, yeah. and what's your favorite book of all time? I do not have one because all of the babies on my shelf deserve love. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't, I, I don't really have a favorite book because my opinion always changes. But if you want a recommendation for like a really good fiction book, I'd say The Night Circus by Erin Morgenstern. That one's like... Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Sorry, they can't hear, hear me. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, and what does your perfect self-care Sunday look like? Uh, so Sundays, I usually coach gymnastics um, in the like all day. So I usually have like a more of like my day, I guess, on Saturdays. Um, self care Saturday. Self care Saturday. We don't do that. It still goes. Self care every day. <laughs> self care every day. That should be the new hashtag. Um, uh, I just kind of I like waking up early because I, I it's hard for me to wake up early if I don't go to sleep like at a reasonable time. But I like waking up early and doing like making myself do some kind of movement, whether that's like dancing around in my room or like following a yoga video on YouTube or something, like something to make me just feel like my body is moving and flowing. That always makes me feel motivated to do stuff. Like I think like a self-care Sunday for me is actually getting stuff done, which is like kind mm. of the opposite of what I'm saying. Cause like, I just feel like a lot of the times I, I don't want to just like sit around and watch Netflix. That's like a thing I do when I'm tired, like completely beat and I just can't. But if I want, I, I feel like I want self-care Saturday to be like a day where I like renew myself and do the things I know I want to do because I, I love I genuinely love working on my project so like it makes me happy so I want to do things that make me happy and like a lot a lot of times just spend time alone because I'm out with my friends working on this project a lot so just to kind of be alone go for a walk do something just by myself is like really really beneficial to me and I love that so Go to bed early, too. That's go to bed early. Yeah. Before 2 a.m. Oh, my gosh. I go to bed at, like, 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so... I'm so <laughs> okay. Terrible. Thank you so much. Oh We're done. done. That's it. That's, That's it. it. Yeah, yeah, that was so cool. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we do have a few minutes. Kim, do you want to come sit? And if anybody... Does anybody have any questions or anything you want to yeah, like say? Yeah, yeah. Right. I yeah. am so impressed Aww. with number one, the two of you. <laughs> I'm 56, and I'm looking at a 19 year old and a 24 year old, and a room full of girls with women the same age, in, the ages of my children. And I am just so impressed, I have to say. And I was talking to Jacqueline about that, about how I, uh, I know Kaylee, she's got a couple of my shirts, I'm starting a business at I'm so I want to do what you guys are doing. And, and man, oh man, like what a bunch of kick-ass women this generation is. Honestly and truly. The insight and the self-awareness that you have and that other women, other, I, I'm not saying women, I shouldn't say girls because you are women. It was not even, we didn't even know what self-care was when I was your age. We didn't even, like, why, what self-care? And at first of all, self-care was selfish. 
mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the awareness and, and the practice that um, it is you guys are implementing and the wisdom my goodness, I, I, like you are an old soul. You are an old soul. And, and you were given to us as a gift. Because honestly, the words that we keep coming from your mouth, that I'm like, I'm like, what? Seriously, I'm so impressed. And I, I have a daughter who's 24. You know, my, my mission to my children, 29, 27, and 24, was always to listen to this voice inside of me. Because that's the voice that will never steer you wrong. And whatever that passion is, whatever those passions are, that's, that's how you prove yourself. You know? Whereas in my generation, my mother, we had five kids, and we had to fit into this mold. And if you didn't fit into that mold, you, know, you should be ashamed of yourself, mm -hmm. what's wrong with you. Uh, where now, it's the exact opposite. And I think what you were talking about Instagram is so interesting because I think the word that you were talking about was validation, right? Yeah. And it's it's um it's a catch twenty two. I mean, I do it myself. I'm trying to get followers, and like, at fifty six, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> really have to do this? <laughs> I just want to make really kick ass t shirts. <laughs> I don't want to do social media, but I have to. So for me, that's my burden, is having to learn the language and, and uh, buy into it. When I, I really don't want to. Yeah. I want to be by myself. Yeah. I like sitting in front of my computer and creating yeah. and, and being like you, being by myself. But um, I just find it so interesting to be amongst such interesting women who are really doing exactly what they want. Yeah. It's remarkable. Yeah. Because honestly and truly, it's not what that, those were not the messages I was given. They are the exact opposite. And that's what we're trying to change, for sure, yeah. right? We want so girls to have that it, message. progress is being made, and, I, and I, I know because I lived in that other world where my mother told me to be a secretary and get married. And I got married at 23, and I married a doctor, which I did all the right things. You know, and I, I got the house with the picket fence and the three kids, and then I got divorced mm. without a career. And I was like, oh, my God. So I've literally spent the last 14 years building myself up from zero to compete in a world of youngsters like you guys, and, but doing what I want, literally. And so it's, I'm, it's taken 40 years for me to get here to do doing what I want. So what I'm so impressed with is how you guys are just doing it like at 19. <laughs> and you're encouraged to do it. And, and you're, there's a supportive environment to help you do that. I think it's, that's it's, cool that you, that you brought that up too, though. Like, as supportive as it is, it's also very pressuring, like, mm -hmm. to do something with your life, especially because yeah. you see people who are so young, like, and you see kids like Amanda Stenberg and Rowan Blanchard, like, they're mm -hmm. like 15, 16. I'm like, oh, I'm not doing enough, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, too behind, my business is not taking off yet, and they're so, like, young, right? So it's crazy because you feel so pressured because you can see what everybody's doing, right? So, like, before, like, you couldn't do that, but now it's just like, oh, my God, like, There's what is always somebody doing? younger. There's always somebody more successful. There's yeah. always somebody with more followers. Mm -hmm. Always, 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 always something. Yep. But I'm glad that you're here. Thank you so much for coming. And also, I'm glad that this space, I don't know, I just feel so good right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, a good feeling. Dee, did oh, you have your hand up? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, that was really cool to hear sort of your perspective. Sorry, I didn't catch your name. Paula. Paula. My grand is no apologies. Okay, I'm <laughs> 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 Yes. <laughs> 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 
sort of advice for when you're like in this space and you're trying to grow your feed and you're like engaging and like doing all the things? Do you have any tips for how to kind of, because I, I think I'm similar to you, I'm like, this is bullshit, why am I doing this? Like, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter, but then like the business side of me is like, this is important and it's not about being vain and it's not about like, I need the likes for validation, it's like, I need the likes to grow my business and I need to like grow my footprint in the digital space. So mm -hmm. do either of you have tips to kind of like, I do think it's easier for me because when I'm doing this, I'm not like on a personal page or yeah. a business page, but do you have tips to kind of like disassociate like your, I guess like envious feelings or feelings of competitiveness and just like be like, this is just business. Like I just, to not just take it so personally. Yeah. Do you have any like, tips? Uh, I only have 600 followers. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Insta? I'll follow you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got 650 after this. <laughs> My, honestly, truly, and I, and I am just learning as we speak. I really am. I'm finding my voice. And I realize that in order to find my voice I, uh, on Instagram, I just have to tell my story authentically. I know that sounds so cliche and so, I'm so tired of hearing story, story, story. <laughs> you know? And so I thought, okay, so what's my story? Well, I have three kids. They're adults, they live in Toronto, so I guess they're part of my story. So I introduced my son the other day as part of my story. And I'm gonna introduce my other son the next day. He's a musician, and I was at his concert the other day. So I'm realizing that that's, that's me, and it doesn't, I'm thinking, so it doesn't really relate to you guys, because you guys are like my kids' age. But I'm a woman, and, and I, my experience is as a woman, and you guys will have kids. So you can look to me as sort of a, well, well that's, an inter that's interesting. So you're 56, and you've grown children, and you're starting over. How does that work? Because my mom is 56 and she's retiring. <laughs> I know. Your parents are all retiring. And I'm just starting. So that's fucking scary. Do you feel like do you feel like pressure in that sense? Like do you feel like this like kind of conflict within where part of you is like, I'm doing it, I'm living the life I always wanted, yeah. but then do you also feel like um, in comparison with your peers and like I feel like I'm, I'm going to end up a, a bad lady on the street. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. My best friend literally sold her 65-foot square foot house, and and her life is the antithesis of mine, where I have to work, you know? So I'm, I'm not kidding. My Your parents are all retiring, and, and I'm like just starting over. That's terrifying, because I have to do it financially. So um, I guess I'm just, I, I'm just, I feel like I'm a little bit of a fish out of water, but I'm learning from all of you, because I'm, I'm playing in your, I'm playing in your, your, your playground, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I guess just be honest. And, and don't be afraid to admit that you're scared and that your fears are real. And um, because then you find out, oh, that's, everybody else is terrified too. Mm -hmm. Everybody's scared. And, and I guess admitting that and making that part of your story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, but these girls have a lot more followers than I do, so. <laughs> I mean, like, I, mean, I love you guys. I mean, like, I mean, awful. Like, it doesn't matter the number yeah. that you have. We shouldn't look at each other and see, like, above Andrea's head, like, 22K. Yeah. Like, above Andrea's head, like, 6K. Like, that's messed up. No. You know? That's like a black mirror episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, like, when you're asking for, like, advice on, like, what to 
do? Like, how do I grow my brand? Like, like being authentic is so important, especially in this in this generation right now where we just want real stories. We want real people. We want to connect with people. We don't want to just disassociate ourselves from this platform that we're looking at. We want to connect. Um, and I've listened, or like, she's not really my friend, but she's kind of like somebody I know. Um, she's the founder of Nude Sticks, Taylor Fregnell. Mm-hmm. And, Franklin, and she always says that when she is building her brand and she's um, building her social media, she's always focused on the community itself and like really being a part of that community and not being like, okay, well, I'm the brand over here and you're the consumer over there. Like we're, you're kind of meshing with the consumer and being their friend and mm-hmm. knowing what, or figuring out what they want and asking their opinion, you know, and not worrying, again, don't worry about these numbers because when you're being your true, genuine, authentic self and you're, you're sharing your story authentically, like you said, the numbers will come. The collaborations will come because people will see your story and love your message and be like, oh my God, this is so cool. This really aligns with us. And I would love to reach out. Like, Converse reached out to me and was like, we love your stuff. Like, let's do something. Let's make it, let's do a shoot or something. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool, right? Because they like loved our story. And I was like, that's amazing. We don't really have that many followers. And like today we see, and this, I'm I'm not going to like out anybody, but like so many bloggers, so many companies, they have fake followers. Mm. It's so easy to tell. There's like 30, 30K followers on their Instagram. And then their engagement is a hundred likes and one comment. Brands can see this. Companies see this. People who want to work with you, they can see this. And so I'm saying that is not the way that you should be going about making a brand because numbers now, they don't really matter unless you're working with a company that really doesn't understand social media at all. But I worked with an influencer marketing agency and we do look at those numbers. So it's like, don't worry. Again, the numbers will come. Just be really genuine, authentic, engage with your community because that's, at the end of the day, that's what these brands are looking for, for like influencers. And that's what the consumers are looking for too. They want to be a a part of your brand. They want to feel like they're part of this cult. That's why Glossier is so successful. You know what I mean? Because you feel like you're a part of like this weird, like pink cult cult where you're like, oh my God, I have this pouch. And like, you know what I mean? So I feel like just again that community aspect is so so important when you're like working on your brand um yeah yeah I don't know don't yeah I hope that hopefully that was insightful in some way I don't know I have a comment and a question another tip as well turn off your notifications yeah I yes. this at social media week last year and I did it and I worked in social media and it was one of the scariest things I did but I turned off all notifications for Facebook Twitter and Instagram and now as a result when I go on to social media it's like dedicated Instagram engagement time yeah. as opposed to wanting to look to be like oh who else liked my post yeah. but my question for you guys and anybody else who wants to join in on the, in the room um, but you know reflecting on sort of the idea of self care Sunday it's sort of this um, conception that you can like fully recharge and slow down in a day mm-hmm. and my question is like what do you do to slow yourself down more effectively I always find that I'm in beast mode so demolished but my head is going so quickly still as if I'm in the week and sometimes it can take me like a day just to slow down before I can actually start the recharge time where I'm doing things mm. to take care of myself. Any tips or tricks to sort of accelerate <laughs> <laughs> slow down process? Okay, well, you're asking a girl who literally just took two and a half months off because I I I needed to recharge. Um I had just like gotten to a point where 
everything, not even work, but just like personal, like everything was just so much. And I decided to move back in with my parents for two months and didn't like, I didn't, I talked about it a little bit. Like I did a podcast episode and I like shared a little bit on social media, but it was just like a decision that I so needed because I, I couldn't take care of myself. I couldn't recharge in a day. And that's not something that everybody can do. But I think like just knowing what you need, like in that moment, I, I knew that I just needed my mom. (laughs) I just needed my mom to take care of me. Um, and I don't think that it's, necessarily a day or an hour thing I think it's just like a process that we're constantly figuring out what we need and this week this week like this is my self-care like being with other women and like meeting people in person and having these conversations is my self-care this week but three weeks ago it was like sitting on my couch having my mom make me supper (laughs) and I think it's okay for like that to change like I think self-care is constantly changing um I'm still figuring it out I have no answers (laughs) other than I'm figuring it out I think that's okay don't don't put so much in your week like do you know what I mean like don't overwhelm yourself like because we do it to ourselves you know what I mean we pile on the stuff you know what I mean it's just like you have that opportunity to say no to things. I know, like, last year was, like, the year of yes, and this year was, like, the year of no, you know? Like, I can say, <laughs> I can say no to these opportunities, you know? Like, if they don't benefit me, like, yeah, and that's, that's an important part of self-care, you know what I mean? So saying even no to things that maybe, like, you don't have to constantly be working on your project, like, all the time. Like, mm. I know I'm always thinking about it, like, 24-7. So when I talk to, like, a normal person who doesn't, you know, who just, like, goes to school and they don't really have, like, anything going on, like that's I'm like envious of that sometimes like but they don't understand like that I'm literally at dinner with you but I'm still thinking about what I have to do when I go home you know just try to turn that off like when you're out with your friends when you're doing something that isn't related to your project try not to think about it if you have an idea that you can't let go of like write it down somewhere and then put it away like because you're again like you're going at full speed like all the time and then you you need a, a whole entire day just to be like this like on the couch and not do anything or think about anything and be numb and watch Netflix right um but yeah definitely having one whole day where you can recharge and then maybe having a productive day as well so like having like a really lazy day and then having like a productive self-care day so using that weekend time or using maybe like a you're free on a Thursday like it doesn't even have to be like on the weekend you know what I mean like it can be whenever you're free but anyway that's like whatever I have to (laughs) offer hopefully that was I do think like focusing on something too like even just turning off notifications Mm -hmm. allows you to kind of like focus on the things that you're doing throughout your day but I think kind of keeping that theme like turning off it which is hard turning off the notifications in your head so that throughout the day if you're like if you're with someone if you're at an event you're present there yeah it's so hard to do but like taking those little steps to try and do that, I think helps ease that anxiety. Did you guys go to that exhibit at the uh, AGO, the like now room? No. Okay, oh my God. You actually, it's so weird. There's this weird sound in the background. There's all these weird shapes and everything. And like when you stand in that room, for some reason you actually feel present. Like you feel what it truly means to like be in one space. Cause all you can think about is this sound and like the surroundings that you have. And you're like, this is what it's like to like not do anything and to really be here. So like I think like rem- like that helps me remember like what was it like in that now room? Like how does it feel to be present mm-hmm. and actually listening to somebody and not being like thinking about a million right? other things? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. 
Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, too. I, I totally agree with Kaylee said. Like, sometimes with events, like, you don't know how the vibe's going to go. But I, oh, every time we collaborate with Kaylee um, and, you know, Andrea this time, too, um, it's such a special vibe, I think, you know, every time when we come together. And really, we're vulnerable and just sharing our experience. So thank you. Uh, so we're on the Thank you.